alive. Maybe not a good time to be in Nigeria, but a good time to be alive. Praise God. Amen. This the month of March 2019 in Brace Up is the month of the supernatural. Please say the month of supernatural. And James chapter 1 from verse 21 to 25. Um, James talks about something that many believers are a victim of. He says, not being a forgetful hearer. Not being, if you ask many people, what did you learn on Sunday in church? They can't remember. Do you see that? If you can't remember, then how would you do? Praise the Lord. So you must develop a habit of remembering what you are taught. Remembering what you're taught. There are people that you teach the word. The next time you meet them, when you ask them about the same thing you explained and they say they understood, they will not remember. And so you keep teaching and teaching and teaching, and people don't get to a point where they are convinced about the word. Praise the Lord. And listen, that's the same thing with the supernatural. Many times, Christians have heard many teachings on the supernatural. How that you receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. How that you have the power. But when it's time to demonstrate the power, they forget. They resort to what they always believed. But you must decide that in this month, you would remember what you thought and you would apply it. Praise the Lord. Like I said, um, I think it was on Sunday and I said it last week also, that the supernatural is very simple. Very, very simple. See, this Sunday is going to be a blast. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for an opportunity to hear your word. Thank you because our lives will be transformed in Jesus' name. I'll be teaching on how to pray. Please say how to pray. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Are you there? Are you there? All right. Luke 11 one says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Luke 11.1, one, one to go. Now, these are Jews. And the Jews already had a culture of prayer. You remember the story of Hannah? When she prayed for a child, they have been praying. But there was something about how Jesus was praying that they needed to learn from. 
In the same book of Luke, the Bible talks about two people. It talks about, uh, uh, before the birth of Jesus, it talks about a man named Ananias and it talks about prophetess Anna. These people were praying and getting direction by the Spirit of God. So the Jews already had a history of praying. These people that were telling Jesus, teach us how to pray, have been praying. But they realized that they needed to learn how to pray. They, needed, they, they realized that there was something about how Jesus prayed that was different from how they were praying. They realized that there was something about how Jesus was praying that was giving him the results he wanted. And many times Christians don't realize it. Many people, no matter the amount of messages they listen to about prayer, they will not change the way they pray. And I don't want you to be like that. You have to learn how to pray. If your prayer this year will be more effective than it was last year, you have to learn how to pray. You have to do what you learn. Praise the Lord. So prayer is not learned by praying alone. There's a biblical teaching on praying. You know, when we talk about how to pray, people are like, it's not just ask the Father in the name of Jesus. Yes! But can I tell you something? <laughs> Over 90% of Christians, when they pray to the Father, they are not conscious that they are talking to the Father. They are not even conscious about the identity of who they are talking to. Can I tell you something? They are... The revelation or the, yeah, the revelation of who you are talking to influences how you make requests. Let me give you an example. Say you are in need of something and you know someone that is always willing to help you, ready to go out of his way to help you. When you call the person, when you reach out to the person to make the request, you already have an expectation. You already feel like my need will be met. Do you understand? Many times when we go to pray, we don't actually believe that we'll receive. That's why after we finish praying, when we're done praying, we go for other ways to get it done. Praise the Lord. So, Prayer as an act must be in response to a doctrine. Your prayer life has to be a response to what you have been taught from God's word. Don't just leave, don't just continue to pray the way you have been doing it. Allow the word of God influence how you pray. Praise the Lord. Like I already said, when you're conscious of who you're talking to in the place of prayer, it would radically change how you pray. For example, you're talking to the Father that loves you more than any other person in the whole world. You're talking to a God 
that is more willing to give you what you want than you are to ask him. I mean, if he gave himself for you, what else would he not give you? So he said he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. More than that he's able to do. So when you go to pray, you have to go with that consciousness that the person I'm going to ask is able to do more than I can ask or think, willing to do more than I can ask or think. Do you understand? He has the ability, he has the willingness. That must be your consciousness when you're praying. Many times we go with the consciousness of how big the problem is. But we must go with the consciousness of the Father. Look, 11 verse 41. This is a very powerful passage of scripture. Look, 11 41. Are you there? Luke 11 verse 41. So they took away the stone. This was the resurrection of Lazarus. The Bible said, look at this. The Bible said, Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Look at me. Jesus was at the tomb of Lazarus. The Bible said he looked up. This was his consciousness. He was conscious about the Father. Do you understand? He was conscious about the Father. And then he said, Father, I thank you because you've heard me. When Many times when we are praying, we don't even realize that you said, Father, he's already hearing you. He's already listening. You think he's at the end of the prayer. You don't say, okay, what did he say? Give me the summary of his prayer. No. God is always listening to you. And you must be conscious of that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright. Now, one thing that we also need to learn before we go to the main thing I want to talk about today is the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer. Now, this is the reason why it's important. The Bible says, for example, pray without season. Right? Okay. If the Bible says pray without season, and I said, immediately you begin to say, Father, he's already hearing you. Why do I need to pray without season? Why do I need to pray long if my needs are just a few things? Why do I need to pray hard? The Bible said in, in Matthew 27 that Jesus, when he was praying, his sweat was as droplets of blood. Why did he need to do that if he could just do Father, I thank you because you hear me always. And God will hear him. Because, see, I, I, I highlighted three purposes of prayer. Number one is to get our needs met. Alright? To get your needs met. And that's the one that most people know. And that's why most people's prayer time is no more than four or five minutes. Because in five minutes you can tell God all you need. Do you understand? A bulk of it is money. And then if there's an issue health after that one, do you understand? You can wrap that up in three minutes. But that's just one of the reasons why we pray. Number two is to be edified. And this is very important. In the day and age we live in, you must learn how to be edified. 
you must learn how to be edified. You must learn how to be strengthened in your inner man. You must learn how to stir yourself up so that you go in the energy of the spirit. You see that? You must learn to be full of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something? If you learn how to be edified, this alone, you walk in the supernatural more. If you learn how to be edified more, if you stay full of the Spirit more, the supernatural becomes so easy. Why? Because when you're full of the Holy Ghost, your sensitivity is heightened. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Your spirit has more dominance over your, your body than your flesh. And that's important. 1 Corinthians 14.4 It says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Do you see that? He edifies himself. Whether he's getting his needs met or not, whether that's why he's praying or not, he's edified. Hmm. In Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter four, and Acts chapter five, the apostles, after they healed the lame man at the beautiful gate in Acts chapter three, they took them and they flogged them. Now, by the time they flog 30-something-year-old men, you know it's a serious issue, right? So these guys went back to their company. The Bible said they prayed. He said when they were done praying, they were full of the spirits. They were rejoicing. You know what it means to be rejoicing after they being flogged? Listen. In the face of persecution, in the face of confrontation, learn to be full of the Spirit. And even if it's not persecution, even if it's just that you are being maltreated, learn to be full of the Spirit, learn to be edified. Don't allow worry and depression to get a hold of you. Do you understand? Don't allow negative thoughts to linger in your mind before you go and drink that poison. Do you understand? Stay full. You, you go with the energy of the Spirit. And that's important. You won't see like me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number three, the three purpose of um, the third purpose of prayer is divine direction. Please say divine direction. Divine. Acts chapter three, verse thirteen, verse two says, "And as the minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them.' Can I tell you something? Sometimes when we are praying for needs to be met." What we are meant to receive is divine direction. You see that? 
You are praying, oh God, give me this. Oh God. He's trying to nudge you. Go and meet Susu person. Go to Susu place. Do Susu thing. Act in this certain way. Some things that we are fighting for. If we only operate, if we only allow ourselves to be directed by the Spirit of God, we get them cheaply. Do you understand? So if we can, let's see if we can remember what are the purposes again. Number one. Number two. Number three. Good divine direction. And that's so important. Now here's the thing. Whether you are praying to get your needs met or for divine direction or to be edified is the same way you pray. It's not as if there's a certain way you pray. It's only divine direction that you can get. Do you understand? Or there's a certain way you pray and you can be edified. You won't have your needs met. No. All of these things happen by the same Way of prayer. Is that clear? Alright. So number one way, how to pray. Number one is be conscious of the Father. If you understand the gospel, this is how it influences how you pray. And this is a very big point. I don't have enough time to explain this. But do you know part of the reasons why they killed Jesus was because he was calling God his father. Do you know that? And do you know that in, at the tomb of Lazarus, that was one of the things he was trying to prove to them. He said, Father, I thank you because you hear me always. And I'm saying this so that these people will know and believe. He was trying to help them. See, it's a very important point that God is your father. And you must allow that consciousness affect how you pray. Do you understand? You must allow that consciousness affect how you pray. Never allow how big your problem is to overwhelm your prayer time. Never allow how impossible the situation seems to affect your prayer time, let the consciousness of the Father, this is someone that loves me. This is someone that can supply all my needs. When I ask, he would give. You know what Jesus said, I think it's in John chapter 16, verse 24. He said, until now you've asked nothing in my name. He said, ask that you shall receive and your joy may be full. So he actually wants me to receive things that will make me happy. Do you see that? He wants me to receive things that will make me happy. Number two, on how to pray. Put the word of God on your lips. Put the word of God on your lips. And this, all of these points are just overwhelming. Put the word of God on your lips. Can I tell you something? If you don't, you know there are times you want to pray and you're so overwhelmed with everything, the problem, everything. 
You know that God is love and God cares for you. But really, that's not how you feel. You can take yourself from that mood to a place where you feel like God loves me. God wants to supply. If I ask, God is going to give me by just putting the word of God on your lips. Do you understand? You can take yourself from a place where you feel like, ah, is this thing going to happen? From a place of unbelief to a place of faith by putting the word of God on your lips. And this is what we need many times. Because as Christians, sometimes we just like to pray out of fear. But you know that you won't get any result from that. So, first transport yourself. And you do that with your mouth. Like I always say, listen. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let your ears, hear your mouth, say what God's word has said about you. What did I say? Let let your ears mm-hmm. again. That's very powerful. See, your ears hearing your mouth say what God's word has said about you is more powerful than you thinking about what God's word has said about you. Nobody should preach God's word to you more than you. And I'm not saying run away from messages. But I'm saying constantly put the word of God on your lips. Do you understand? Sometimes it might not even be a scripture. It might just be what you understand from from scripture. God loves me. God loves me. He proved it on the cross. God loves me. He has radical love for me. He cares about me. He intends to supply my needs. He delights in supplying my needs. He wants me to have what I need so that I'll be happy. Do you see that now? Let me. God told Joshua, He said, This book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. It was God that told him. At the beginning of the chapter, He said, Look, Moses, my servant, is dead. So He now began to tell Joshua, This is how to be courageous. This is how to win in life. This is how to make your way, your way prosperous. This book should not depart out of your mouth. Why did Joshua need to be saying God's word? If it wasn't important, God wouldn't tell him to do it. Every day you wake up, make sure your ears, hear your mouth, say what God's word has said about you. Know that I am loved of God. That the lines will fall for me in pleasant places. Praise the Lord. You say it. Listen, listen. You must say what you believe. And you must say to the consciousness that this is an interaction between you and God. Thank you, Daddy, because I know you love me. You love me. Johnson, not that you're on WhatsApp, you're chatting, you're just saying, Oh, God loves me. Uh, I know who I am. Look at me, I'm a wonder. Doesn't matter what you see now. No. Do you understand? You take away distraction, you focus. 
you make sh you you talk in a way that you know you are talking to God. Oh, thank you, Daddy, because you love me. You love me with an everlasting love. Like there is no way I can doubt your love. It helps you redirect your consciousness to the Father and who He is to you. Before you know what, you're stirred up already. You're in a place of faith. Praise the Lord. Jesus said in Mark 11, 23 and 24, He said, You shall have whatsoever you say. Say, I shall have whatsoever I say. I shall have whatsoever I say. I remember when I taught on faith clinic, I think it was, is this spiritual growth faith? I said, some people think their words are powerful. They think because I said it will happen. That's why some people would rather use, um, I'm strong over, I'm sick. Or I'm rich over, I'm broke. Because they think, because you say it, you have it. But it's not so. Mark 11, let's go there. Because we're talking about prayer. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. In this story, what happened was that Jesus caused a fig tree and later when they were passing the following day, Peter looked at it and said, Master, the tree you caused has dried to its roots. And this was one of the few times that Jesus taught his disciples how to walk in the supernatural. How to get the result you want. In verse 22, Jesus answered and said unto him, let me read verse 21 to put context to it. And Peter called to remember and said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou causest is withered away. And Jesus answering and said unto him, Have faith in God. A better ranging will be have the faith of God, and we do. 22. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Do you see that? And shall not doubt in his heart. But believe that the things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. You must believe. Do you understand? You know that you just be saying things. Many times, people just pray out of fear. You must believe. Then verse 24, he talked about prayer. He said, Therefore I say unto you, Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire. Say what you desire. That's important. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have them. You see that? You have to believe. And this is the missing link in the prayer lives of many people. They just say things. They don't believe them. So you must believe. So put the word of God on your lips. And I said, be deliberate about believing what you're saying. Number three, be fervent. Say be fervent. What it means is that you are heartfelt. You are, your heart is involved. Your whole being is in the prayer. People think prayer is just magic. You'll be saying things and they'll just be happening. No. 
Some people don't even listen to what they are saying. And you know they are not paying attention because of how they say the things they say. Do you understand? You know they are just, they're just going through the motion. They are not thinking about it. They are not involved. You have to be involved in your prayer. Do you understand? You have to be heartfelt. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, The heartfelt prayer makes power available. That's very important. So how do you draw the power from the inside of you to meet the situation? It's by being heartfelt. Do you see that now? So put yourself in the prayer. Some people just like to pray gentle, don't shout, we don't stress, don't sweat, just cool. Can I tell you something? If you learn this heartfelt one alone, you get a lot of results. If you are heartfelt about your prayer, you will come out knowing you got it. You see that? You will, come, you will know that nothing can stop you. Many times you come out with confessions. You say, no. You know, I got it already. You know it, you know it from your inside. Praise the Lord. Learn to be heartfelt. Learn to be involved in your prayer. Learn to be involved in your prayer. Put yourself inside the prayer. This is a very, very important point. I can't even stress it enough. Invest your emotion, your whole being, in the prayer. Your prayer time is not the time to be making sure that you are not rumpled. It's not the time to be looking around at who is watching and who is not watching you. No. The time is a serious time. Praise the Lord. It's a serious time. You put your whole being in that prayer. When you come out, you already know you have the victory. You know. You know from your inside. No one will be to convince you otherwise. People just pray and come out and say it's done. And even they themselves are not sure. But he sees one that is heartfelt. He has brought out the power to change the situation. You know that something came out of you to fix that thing. You will know. You will know. That the power to change it has been made available. Praise the Lord. Number four, don't stop praying. Say, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Please say it again. Don't stop All right. Don't stop praying. And sometimes I feel like Many Christians don't understand this point. 
Let me give you an example. Do you know that, okay, many, many theologians believe that in the garden where Jesus was praying, that every prayer session was an hour. So he, he went there three times. He came out, went back three times. So they believe he prayed for three hours. Do you know that the Bible said he returned praying the same thing? So he, the Christ of God, though, that said, Father, I thank you because you've heard me. You hear me always. Prayed, came out, made the disciples sleeping, told them to wake up, went back and prayed the same thing. For an hour, came out again, said, Guys, what's happening? Stand up. Went back and prayed the same thing. Do you see that? So you shouldn't stop praying. Look at Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. Some of us began to pray about a particular need, something we wanted God to do this year. And this is already this is just March, and you've stopped praying. You don't think it's going to happen again. Luke 18. From verse 1. And he, that's Jesus, spoke a parable to them to the end that men ought to pray, to always pray and not faint. I think it's the NIV that says, and not give up. Verse 2. Saying that in a city there was a judge who feared not God, neither regarded men. And there was a widow in the city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he said, and he would not for a while, but after, but after he said within himself, Do I fear not God, nor regard man? So this is not God speaking. It's an unjust judge. Do I fear not God, nor regard man? Yet because this widow troubled me, troubled me, I would avenge her, least by her continual coming she weary me. You see that? Her persistence. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. For, and he shall not, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Verse 8. I tell you that I would avenge, he would avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. So, listen, this parable was a parable to teach that men should continue to pray. Do you see that? Jesus gave them a parable, taught them a parable that men should continue to pray. And then he talks about an unjust judge that will not, he doesn't fear God. You know those kind of people, they don't care about God. Don't care about human beings. You know, people that say if you have to save your dog or if a person, your neighbor, who will you save? They'll save their dog. They don't care about God, they don't care about any human being. And he said, That was how this judge was. The woman came, said, Avenge me, she's a widow. He didn't care. He said, but because she kept coming, he said, look, this woman wearing me out. He said, if an unjust judge can do that, 
contrast it with a loving father, how much more will he avenge his own elect that cry out to him day and night? Jesus said something remarkable at the end of that parable. He said, when the Son of Man shall return, will he find faith in the earth? You see that? So continual insistence in prayer is a demonstration of faith. To continually insist in the place of prayer is a demonstration of faith. Jesus ended the parable that he used to teach that people should continue to pray by saying, by the time he returns, we will find faith. So it's a show of faith to continually insist in prayer. Pray, faith is insistent. You remember from Sunday meeting? Faith is insistent. Faith is insistent. You must not give up. Can I tell you something? If you don't give up, you'll get what you want. So listen to me. That stuff you stop praying about, go and start and keep at it. Praise the Lord. Go and start and keep at it. Go and start. Go back to it. That stuff you've given up on, go back to it. Go back to it. And I would advise that you could have... See, having prayer points can be very helpful. When you write your prayer points down. It helps you to see, to recognize when God has answered. Sometimes these situations of life can distract you. And let me tell you, this is even beyond the prayer point. This is an, a more important one. Prophecies have been given over you, have been said over you. The Lord has said he's going to do things through you. Write them down. You pray them to manifestation. Jesus needed to pray to fulfill his destiny. Although it was written, it was prophesied about, he needed to pray for you to see the light of day. You need to pray about the prophecies over you. The things that the Lord has said he would do, write them down. Pray over them. Insist on them. You see that now? Like I always say, in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, God himself said, be fruitful and multiply. And there are still many people that are barren. Right? It means that because God has said, doesn't mean it just happened like that. That's why some people say, ah, the prophecy they prophesied over me, I've not seen it. They've been saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. I've not seen anything. You think that's how it works? Listen, listen, can I tell you something? Doesn't matter what you want. Doesn't matter what you want to see in your life. If you insist in the place of prayer, you stay on it, you will get it. People think, you know, if God wants to do it, he'll just do it. Don't you realize that if God had his way, everybody in the world would be saved and they'll go to heaven. Do you want to be saved? 
Me you are now. You try it. You see how it works? Praise the Lord. So, insist. See how we insist. So I said, don't stop praying. Look at um, the story of Peter when Peter was thrown into prison. The Bible said prayer was made in the church for him without season. They were praying and they refused to stop. The angel of the Lord went, released Peter, brought Peter out of prison, told the guy, go. Peter went and met them praying. You don't know how long they prayed, but those guys will have prayed for a long period of time. Of course, I believe they prayed, they were just going. Because the angel released Peter in the middle of the night. Peter went, met them praying at that time. And it wasn't, they were not just having a church wild vigil, they were praying for Peter. So this is the attitude you give towards your request. Some of you, your request is just pray five minutes a day and that's all, till the next day or till the next service day. You stay on it. Do you understand? So you write them out, the, the things you desire, the prophecies over your life, you write them out. And they begin to pray. If you do that, you realize that you need more time for prayer. Do you understand? Sometimes you just want to call your friend just to prod you. Do you understand? Let's, let's, let's come together. Let's, let's, let's stretch in prayer. Let's pray overnight. Can I tell you something? If you do this thing that taught you, you produce more results this year alone than you've done for the last five, past five years. I can tell you authoritatively by the Spirit of God. Now, if you do these things I'm teaching you, this year alone, you produce more results. Praise the Lord. The supernatural will become so easy for you. It's difficult to see someone that works consistently in the supernatural that is not prayerful. In fact, you should suspect the person. If the person is working consistently in the supernatural and is not prayerful, you should suspect him. Because that's how we make power available. The last point is sensitivity. And I feel like This is just where some people miss it. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, the Bible says, As a minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate Paul and Barnabas. Imagine they didn't separate Paul and Barnabas, they just continued praying and praying and praying and praying. Some people just seem not to know what God is saying. They just, they don't know. Like, every other person knows that God wants you to be doing this except you. Have you seen those kind of situations? Wait, it's like you can almost see it physically that God wants this person to be doing this thing. 
But you tell the person, the person, ah, stop pointing me now. The person doesn't know. When God wants to lead you, the sky won't turn purple. He will lead you from inside. So you have to be sensitive. Praise the Lord. You have to be very sensitive. It will, it, it will help you. Do you understand? It will help you. It will help you. You shouldn't finish praying and say, what did the Lord say? You don't know. Do you have what you've asked for? You don't know. You just hope God will answer. People think prayer is like raffle draw. That is raffle draw that you have when you pray. You go and drop it. Then the angels will wind it. Then God will just pick anyone. So just keep praying, Sha. Just keep praying. He will probably pick your own. That's not how it works, so. That's not how it works. Sensitivity is a blessing. It's supernatural advantage. Sensitivity. There are just many stories. I don't even know. Just many stories. Many instances. But it's a blessing. You can't just live your life no leading of the Spirit. Like, when I was in... Um, is it... 100 level or so or 200 level my friends began to ask people do you hear the holy ghost when he leads you and they said no i was sincerely surprised because i didn't know that it's possible for a christian not to be led by the spirit I didn't know. So when I saw people that had been in Christ for a long time and they could not know that the Spirit of God is leading them, I was surprised. Like that starter part now. Look at Acts chapter 8. Uh, um, Acts chapter 9. Um, sorry, Acts chapter 10. Let's see. Acts chapter 10. It's the story of Peter in the house of Colinus. Now pay attention. Peter's theology did not accept that the Gentiles could be saved, right? At the time. But he was led by this. In fact, let me, let me explain. So he saw a vision and he saw what the Jews would consider unclean animals. And then the Spirit of God said, kill and eat. He said, no, no, no. We don't do this kind of, We don't do this here. Do you understand? And then, but when, and the Lord didn't tell him anything. The vision happened three times. But when he, when he came out, when he got out of the vision, the Lord told him, there's some people waiting for you. Go and meet them. Follow them, ask nothing. When he followed them and saw how things were going, the house of Corinthians, he just from inside knew this was what God wanted to do. Do you understand? 
His theology didn't accept it, but back from his spirit, he knew. He knew. And you need that as a believer. Sometimes people say, do you know this guy? Never work with him, he's a terrible person. Don't do business with him. He will do business Offer your spirit. You just know. But sometimes people say, ah, this is where we are going, or we die here. And then just from your spirit, you know. No, this direction, this way. You see that? So that's very important. So let's let's recap. What's number one point? Everyone together. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. All right. Please rise up on your feet, and I want us to get up and practice.